It's too many Christians, you stand in your boat. You're standing in the boat of comfort. Get out your boat. Limitations is of the mind. God never, ever intended for you to have limitations. Matthew Chapman Ministries presents Faith Unlimited, teaching the body of Christ how to live by faith and change their world. Now get ready for the word of God coming from Minister Matthew Chapman. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened up the book, he found the place where it was, was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And then he said some other things. And then in verse 28, it says, And all they in the synagogue, when they heard the things that Jesus said, they were filled with wrath. They rose up, they thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of the hill whereupon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them, he went away. So what happened when he was in Nazareth? He was rejected. Can everybody see that? So in one place he was in, they heard what he said. They're like, man, we're not trying, who, who do you think you are? They rejected what Jesus said. So what did Jesus do? He went to another city. Now let's see what he said when he went to a different city. Then it says in verse 31, he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And so what ended up happening, there was a man who was full of the devil, full of an unclean devil. Jesus cast that spirit out of him. And in verse 36, they were all amazed, and they spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he command the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Then he prayed for Simon's mother and, and rebuked the fever, etc. Verse 40, When the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of them, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them and suffered them not to speak. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desert place. And the people did what? They sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. But notice the difference in the attitude towards Jesus. When he was in Nazareth, they rejected him. They tried to throw him off a cliff. They despised what he said. They despised him. But then, when he was in Capernaum, they received Jesus. They received his ministry. They received his word. Then they saw the devil cast out of a man and they went and got other people. 
And then the Bible says he healed those who had diverse diseases. Then the Bible says that they came up to him and like, man, teach us more. And he said, I got to go to another town. But they were so hungry for the word of God. They were so hungry for the things of God. They were so hungry for Jesus that they were able to receive from him. One city rejected him and did not see any mighty works. Another city received him and experienced the healing power of God. My question to you today is, what are you doing with Jesus? Have you received him as your healer? Have you received him as your financier? Have you received him as your leader, as your Lord? Or have you done like they did in Nazareth, rejected him, despised the word? See, everybody who comes to church, they don't come to church to hear the word. A lot of people come to church for all kinds of reasons. Some people want to make contacts. Some, some women, they're looking for a man. Some men, they're looking for a woman. People have all kinds of motives when they go to church. People have all kinds of motives when they get born again. What do you mean? Some people get saved because they don't want to go to hell. Some people, they hear the gospel, then they hear about hell, and they hear about how bad it is, and they hear about the torment, and they hear about the flames, and they hear about the worm that never dies, and they hear all that stuff, and they say, I don't want to go to hell, so they get saved. But they don't want Jesus to change their lives. They still like the bad habits. They still like the addiction. They still like the things that they do, but they don't want to go to hell. My question to you is, what are you doing with Jesus? Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 8. And then once we look at Matthew, we're going to look at Proverbs. Matthew chapter 8, verse 24. No, that's not what I want. Ooh. Uh oh. Matthew chapter 7, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The person who receives the word, who delights in the word, who loves to hear the word, who delights in doing the word, Jesus said that man is like a, a, a man who built his house upon the rock. And no matter what happens in that man or woman's life, no matter what storms come, no matter what tragedies come, you can't shake that man or woman. You can't stop that man or woman. You can have two people experience the same circumstance and yet not fall. I was talking to a lady years ago on my job. We were talking about tithing. She said, there's this one pastor that she knew of, and he told the church, we're going to keep it real. You need to give your tithes and offering, but if you got that light bill due, I understand. If you got that water bill due, I understand. I said, well, that preacher was wrong. I said, because you're supposed to bring the tithes and the offering into the storehouse. 
And this lady said this. She said, well, my brother did that, and they cut his lights off. I said, I did that. They didn't cut mine off. You had two situations, same situation. I was facing a, a situation where they wouldn't cut my lights off. I got the nice little bill that came with an envelope that said, you got five days. And I was behind $248. I had a small problem. Back in the day, whenever you, uh, let's say you went a nickel over and you didn't have, let's say you wrote a check for $10 and you only had $9.95 in your account. Well, guess how much they charge you for that overdraft? $40. So I had a slight problem. I was in the hole, almost $100, because I had two transactions to go bad on me, if my memory serves me correctly. I wasn't working. When I looked at the bill, they said, you got till Friday. Got the bill on like a Tuesday. What do you do? What do you do? Now, if you built your house on the sand, you're in trouble. But if you built your house on the rock that says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you build your house on the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If I build my house on bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there might be meat in my house, and prove me now, here what says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not room enough to receive, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and all nations shall call you blessed. If you build your house on that, you'll never go under. Well, what happened? I tell the story often. The Spirit of God said, go check that, check that state employee's credit union account. I said, God, ain't no money in there, because I never put money in there. My mom told me to open up the account because you might need a loan one day. State employee credit union, they always look out for you. Right? I mean, yeah, that's good advice, you know. But I knew there wasn't no money in there. So I said, Lord, ain't no money in there. I didn't check it. Another day went by. The day before, the Spirit of God said, go check the account. I said, all right, then, fine. Had a little attitude, fine. Went to, go, went to the account. Went to the bank and I asked the lady, I, I, I just wanted to check on the account, see how much money there is. She said, money, do, 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 do. She said, $7.24. I said, oh man, $7.24. I told you guys. She said, no, sir, you have $724. I had my son in my hands, my two year old son, and I almost dropped my son. And I said, $700. She said, yes, sir. She said, how much would you like to withdraw? I said, all of it. All of it. All of it. My mom was in New Orleans. And, she, and I called her. Because the devil was like, you know, that was your mama's money. Your mama had a little stash. You know, dipped into the stash. I said, mom. You know that account we have? Yeah. Um, were you putting any money in there? She said, no. I said, you know how much money was in there? She said, how much? I said, seven hundred dollars. <laughs> Ain't that what you said about? Seven hundred dollars. Yeah. 
She said, how did, who put that money? I said, I don't know. God put that money in there. When Moses and the Israelites got to the Red Sea, Moses said, what am I going to do? And God said, stretch out the rod. I can do the impossible. When you build your rock, when you build your house on the, on the word of God, it doesn't matter what happens. You can't go under because we have a covenant with Almighty God. And if he doesn't keep his word, he's got to go under. He's put himself behind his neck. The Bible says he, he looked around and couldn't swear by anybody else, so he swore by himself. So therefore, I can't go under. Now let's look at Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13, verse 13, the Bible says, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. But when you despise the word, destruction comes. You want to know why? Because the word is your answer. And you're despising the very thing that God gave you to put you over. See, Joshua 1.8. God told Joshua, this book of the law shall you meditate on day and night, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. But it starts by meditating the word. But if you despise the very thing that God gave you to succeed, how do you plan on succeeding? Let me tell you something. Life is an open book test. It's an open book test. Life is one test after another. How many of you guys have discovered that? Life is one test after another. The problem is that people are neglecting the textbook that God gave them for the test. See, I'm, I'm, right now I'm, I'm a high school teacher, and this is exam week. Bible exam, history exam, math exam, right? All kind of different exams. If I want to be successful in math, I got to study my math book and study uh, the process, right, of, of algebraic problems and expressions and, and when I'm doing geometry, the formulas and all this other stuff, right? But then if I want to do well in history, I can't say, well, I study math. No, I got to study the history book too. See, God has given, in his book, he's given you keys on how to succeed financially, how to walk in divine health how to be led by the Spirit of God, how to achieve, how to get wisdom, how to walk in, in, in uh, how to have peace of mind, right? How to be successful. But if I neglect the book, when the test comes, I'm going to fail because I haven't studied. If I'm going to be successful, I have to study. See, I have students, some of them, they went to the night before. Had some of them wait an hour before the test. Some have been studying day after day after day. And the ones who prepare and prepare and prepare, those are the ones that's, that do well. And as Christians, sometimes we cram. Or when the test comes, we're not prepared. And then we fail because we didn't study. But if you don't despise this book, if you embrace its promises, if you will do like the word says and meditate on it day and night, 
See, some people, they just want to meditate it every now and then. Some people only want to meditate at Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Easter, you know, the holiday Christians. But we got to study this every day. This is our, this is our textbook for success. This is our textbook for life. And so many Christians are failing because they are not studying. The Bible says we are to study to show ourselves approved. But if you don't study, what's going to happen? You're going to fail. So I want to encourage you today. Study your textbook, amen? Let's look at um, Psalms 112. Psalm 112, starting with verse 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. It's one thing to delight in something, but it's another thing to delight greatly in it. Um, a couple days ago, we had Ricky Price. Ricky Price played for Duke, and he played a couple of played for a couple of NBA teams, played overseas, whatever. And, and one of our players asked him a question, said, how much time did you spend in the gym? He said, countless hours. Countless hours. See, there's some people, they spend maybe an hour. Some people, a couple hours. But when you delight greatly in something, it's countless hours. How long have you been working? I don't know, I just love this so much. And we have, the same, we have to have the same desire for the word. I delight greatly in his commandments. Excuse me. What happens when you delight greatly in his commandments? Verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Until the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion, and righteous. A good man shows favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. That's like saying he built his house on the rock. But his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He is not afraid until he sees his desire upon the enemies, his enemies. He has dispersed. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. But notice what happens when he first delighted greatly in his commandments. Wealth and riches was in his house. His seed mighty upon the earth. Then it says he can't be moved. He's not afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. When you delight greatly in the Lord, your heart is fixed. You can't take me off the word. You can't come talk to me about Islam because my heart is fixed on the word. If you're a Jehovah's Witness, don't come talking to me. My heart is fixed on the word. Any other religion that's contrary to this book, I can't listen to it because my heart is fixed on this. Because see, I have a relationship with God. I've seen God come through. I've seen God heal bodies, heal my body. I've heard, I, I was telling the young people uh, last week, matter of fact, and I was teaching along these lines, and I was talking about how, how when I heard other men and women of God, I would hear their testimonies, and it did something to me. 
I said, I want, it, I want that to happen to me. I would hear Kenneth Copeland gave, the, gave a testimony one time. He was on a road trip and they didn't have any money. He put all the money into the gas tank. And he was driving in Oklahoma City and his, mom, his, his little boy and his little girl were like, Daddy, can we stop there? When can we eat? He said, any minute now. When can we eat? Any minute now. And he said, as he was driving, a $20 bill flew by and stuck to a, a gate. And he said he pulled over and pulled the money off. And he said, hey, we can eat anywhere y'all want. And when I, when I heard those stories, I was like, man, that's what I, I want to experience that. And, and there was a time when um, I needed some shoes. And I was in my car by myself. Nobody in the car with me. It was just me. And I said something like this. I said, Father, I need some more dress shoes. And I just thank you for the dress shoes. And I didn't tell anybody, just me and him. I was at my mom's house, got out the car, went to see my mom. And when I went to see my mom, my dad was in there. And my dad held up a pair of dress shoes. And he said, hey son, he said, I had these shoes. And what I did was I had them repaired and polished. These are like brand new shoes and I got them for him. I said, look at God. You know what we do sometimes? We, we put a timetable on God. Well, I prayed today. It might take two days, three days, et cetera. But the Bible says when you pray, believe that you receive. Right there. Faith is now. So I have to believe now that I believe that I receive regardless of how long it takes in the natural. When I believe now, it's just a matter of time. My dad. Here you go, son. I, I was fast. But, but, but. What was happening, God was showing me that he's no respecter of persons. And, and, and I would hear, I would read stories about George Mueller. And George Mueller, when he was caring for orphans, he started an orphanage and he said, I would not ask anybody for a dime. He said, I would simply make my request known to God. He would get on his knees, he would pray. And in his diaries, he would say, as I was praying, there was a knock on the door. Or he said, I would get up from prayer. And as I was walking down the street, somebody stopped me and said, do you need some money? God told me to give you some money. Or as he was praying and somebody knocked on the door, he said, somebody be at the door and said, God told me to bring you some bread for the orphans, for the orphans. God would send people. Now, I'm not saying don't work and just say, all right, God, bring in the rent and bring in the water bill and bring in the light bill. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying was he was releasing his faith he was believing God for the supernatural. And, and, and I was like, man, then I, I heard Lester Sumrall. He, one time he was, he was frustrated with God, and he said, I'm not, he needed a train ticket, and he said, God, I'm not leaving this room. I'm not leaving this room until I get a, a train ticket. And he sat in his room, and he said he heard a knock on his door. And a man came in and said, God told me to bring you a train ticket for you to go to your next town. And then he walked out the room. And he said, he just sat there. God knows how to answer prayers, ladies and gentlemen. And I heard that, and I, I, I said, I want that to happen to me. Because I was believing God and stuff, and I had so many, ch so many chances and opportunities, boy. Because I was, I, I, was, I was a teacher, and believing God for money, and lunch, and rent, and everything, right? 
And, and one time in the summer, I told the story before, I had an alarm system, $40.99 a month. I think I had 12, no, I had 19 in my account at the time. And it was like a Friday. And the money was coming out on a Tuesday. And I said, God, where, where am I get the money from? Where am I get the money from? Wasn't gonna call mom, wasn't gonna call pastor. Where am I get the money from? And I, I just, I was just praying. I was just, I was reading the scriptures and my wife was laying, my wife was praying at the time and I was just reading the scriptures to her. God is not a man that he should lie. God, God is faithful to his word. Just reading the scriptures, reading all the scriptures that talk about how God couldn't lie. And, and it, was, it was a Saturday morning, never forget it. Lady called my wife and said, hey, I brought the baby a gift. I'm around the corner. And I said, well, let me put my shirt on stuff. I got to go out to the car, because I'm thinking it's a big package, whatever. So Sam went, out, went outside, put my stuff on. I walked out. She's in the hallway. She said, praise the Lord. She had a $100 bill in her hand. $100 bill in her hand. Those hearing those men's stories, it did something to me. It, said, it made me say, I want to experience that God. And I want you guys to have that set. God is no respecter of persons. But it's what you do with the word, which will dictate what will happen in your life. If you embrace the word, listen to the word, confess the word, believe the word, think on the word, make the word first place in your life, trust in and believe in God's integrity, knowing that God can't lie to you, you're going to see the miracles. And when you act on the word of God, when you become a tither and a giver, like Minister Long was saying earlier, you'll see God come through for you. Why? Because God can't lie. It was never God's intention for man to take care of himself. He, he made reference to earlier, seed time and harvest. Look at the widow. I believe it was Elijah. She sold her last. But because she sold, what happened? She lived, and God multiplied that bread. But as long as it stayed in her hands, it wouldn't have multiplied. The little boy who gave the five loaves and the two fishes, if he had kept that food in his hand, it wouldn't have multiplied. As long as you keep the money in your hands, it's gonna stay the same. When you take it out of your hands and put it in the master's hands, that's when multiplication is gonna take place. That's when the blessings are gonna take place. But it's when you're willing to put your trust in God, when you're willing to put your faith in his word, but when you despise the word, when you say, I don't know about all that tithing stuff, I don't know about all that giving, he's just trying to get my money, I don't know about that healing stuff, I don't know about all that stuff that they talk about in church, you're despising the word. It's one thing to legitimately not know, but it's nothing to know and just be like, because once again, God gave us this to put us over. When Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, you know what he said? It is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus had to defeat Satan the same way we do. It is written. So if you put your trust, your faith in God's word and his integrity, your life will change. And you will see your life go from glory to glory. We pray that you enjoyed the Word of God through Minister Matthew Chapman. 
If you are blessed by this word and would like to be a blessing toward this ministry, you can visit MatthewChapmanMinistries.org or write us at P.O. Box 242-422, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28224. And make sure that you tune in next time for Faith Unlimited. Thank you.